Blog Talk Radio. Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings, but I'm...
Welcome to Third Rail Radio. Call in now. 646-929-1480. Now your host, Anti-Crisis 73 and NCAP Dalek. Good evening, welcome to Third Rail Radio. Man, I'm I I I must be tough to work with. I I know I am. Um, that was our brand new bumper. The Rebel made. Shit is off the chain. He got Borat to do the voiceover. Um, how he pulled that off, I have no idea. Um, but uh, thank you. That is very inspiring. And uh, welcome to Third Rail Radio tonight. Um, the chat room will be up uh, momentarily. Um, I think uh, Reb is working on it right now. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to get on chat, you can pop over to uh, um, to. Well, BTR. at this very moment with the chat, um, I, I don't know why, but it's saying that it's not really open at this very moment. It says this chat is not open at this time. I don't get why. I'm trying to launch a chat. Um, are you on? Uh, are you on the other side, or are you signed in, or anything? Just out of curiosity. Um, I am not signed in. No. Um, and, and nope, I'm not signed in. Double check. Um, I bet it'll okay. come up. Re- refresh again. Um, I just. Okay. Does anybody else have a horrible problem with uh, Dropbox just absolutely throttling your broadband? Um, I, I honestly find uh, Dropbox like some, something has happened with these reallocations of uh, of where broadband goes um, because I never yeah. used to have issues with this type of thing with with Dropbox, um, but it's pretty annoying. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, Onward, onward, forward. Dalek, how are you, my brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing really awesome. Um, so far, so well at this very moment. I mean, you know, calling-wise in the show, but not really so much to chat, which is completely and utterly unfortunate. But uh, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully Blog Radio can get that fixed or something like that. I, I don't you know, get why. What's going if on? Pop over, if people pop over um, to to blog talk uh, for a moment um, until uh, the other chat comes up. Wait, maybe not. Maybe they just... Uh, well, I, mean, I think they heard nuts and, that, and now they're mad at all of us. Here's one thing. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, guys, that we are not having this uh, chat, but at this very moment, through uh, my side um, on the studio, I cannot, you know, like, get the chat open. Okay. I I think it might be an air page. I don't know why. I'm so sorry, guys. I hope you guys hey. aren't gonna burn us with a steak. <laughs> hey, no. Steak. Th- th- 
things happen when uh, when you go live, as, as you and I both know pretty well. And uh, yeah. it's all good, and I'm sure it will be up. And uh, and uh, m- most likely at, at some point, Rep will come in here and re- and rescue everything. Um, but you know what? For the first for the first little while, we we don't uh, we don't need to chat because um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go on a little bit of a uh, of a of a diatribe. Um, it, it, for, you know, for some reason, this this uh, week, um, you know, and I get all anxious about all sorts of things that are going on in the world and uh, uh, cause myself uh, undue duress and, and so on. Um, a worry ward, I guess, is kind of what you would call it. Um, you know, and in, in my days, I've learned how to deal with it and uh, and even use it to my advantage some sometimes. And um, in the last few weeks, um, uh, it's something that's been building for several years now with me um, because it's got a lot of complex components um, and it's what's going on in Israel. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure what to the front of my my uh, uh, mental to-do list uh, um, was was Netanyahu coming over here and, and warmongering in um in our in our house of congress which you know I don't have a whole lot of respect for but nonetheless um um it's not the way uh things um boy how do we articulate this all right it um what he did was um if you don't know he was invited by uh house speaker John Boehner um without the without any knowledge of the executive branch of uh, our government to come over and speak in front of um, Congress um, just a few weeks before, uh, or a few, actually a week before, um, an important election um, in Israel, which would uh, give him another uh, five years of uh, tyrannical hegemony as the uh, psychotic leader um of Israel, and um, essentially what he did was give a stump speech um, in our House of Congress, um, and there's so many things wrong with this, um, and this is kind of the boring part of this whole story, but but we have to get into it. Um, first of all, the overwhelming amount of dual citizen um people that we have sitting in uh, our government, ironically, are mostly, um, actually it's fairly well mixed, um, but a lot of them are Democrats. Um, That's a conflict of interest that needs to be dealt with. um, And unfortunately, uh, we as citizens um, pay the price for this uh, irreconcilable duplicity um, uh, that this that these men feel they must face. Um, you can't be loyal equally to two things. It's impossible. Um, so uh, essentially, Netanyahu came over, uh, stumped for um, himself, um, APAC, uh, Israeli branch um, of our of our government, 
um, and they sit on all three uh, branches of our government. Um, and, um, and, and what this, and what I find so utterly offensive about this and, and also so timely in speaking about is, um, is, is that it's come to the point where the biggest threat to peace on earth is Israel, um, unequivocally. Um, and, we have some audio that at some point um, uh, hopefully we'll be able to upload and play where it's uploaded, but we'll be able to play. But um, yeah, we can, that, uh, if, if you want to, we can uh, put it on right now um, and then we'll get back onto the, onto back onto the show and we can uh, comment about that. But um, really, I mean, Benjamin Netanyahu really has nothing to speak about in front of Congress uh, about uh, his foreign policy on Iran. He's a, he's a child murderer, a very dangerous man, and he's being probably not only that, I guess uh, he's actually uh, being, uh, what was it called, um, being tried for, uh, 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 oh gosh, world crimes? I guess yeah, life, crimes against humanity. Kind of weird. Um, yeah, you, Alex, you bring up a great point. Um, and I think, I think like to speak to his, his psychology is, um, it's important to understand like who Netanyahu is. Um, you know, Netanyahu is a Zionist hero. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to bore everybody with the difference between, um, uh, being Jewish and being a Zionist. Uh, we, we, we should all know at this point, there's a huge difference. Um, you know, talk to the local rabbi, he'll tell you. Um, um, but, you know, he is, uh, he is kind of the, uh, you know, a, a hero of, um, of the Mossad. His brother led the raid, um, uh, to rescue 70 Israeli hostages, uh, who were being held, um, on a, uh, I think a 747 um, in Greece. Maybe it ended up in Algeria. I forget. Um, and then back in Israel, um, he was his brother was killed in that raid, as were um, uh, a lot of the terrorists and, and uh, some of the uh, some of the hostages. Um, and so you you really do have to consider, um, you know, when when you're dealing with somebody who has so much. Uh, who has so much leverage over our government and yet has so much, um, you know, personal, personal skin in the game and invested, um, in, in this, uh, falsely perpetrated dualism of Arab and Jew. Um, yeah, we have to be very wary and, um, and the proof is absolutely in the pudding. Um, and, and what really, quite frankly, has dis- dismayed me about, because none of this really surprises me, um, is um, is this n- sort of uh, new movement of youth, people your age, um, you know, 18, 30, young, um, um, who are barbarians, um, 
I, I mean, there. You know, if you want to talk about about savage, um, which is a word that is often used to describe Palestinians or Arabs by Zionists, um, you know, if, if you just do some cursory research on what's going on, um, um, you know, in in the farthest reaches. Um, of of Palestine, not Israel, mind you, not Israel, not not by the 1967 lines, and not by the Balfour Act. These are outlying areas. This is Arab country, and there are gangs of youth who are armed to the teeth by the IDF, and they go out and they usurp land. Now, see, I. I I think I fooled myself a little bit into thinking that hey, once you know all the the old the old guys die, things will get better, and so on and so forth. Um, that is quite the opposite in Israel, um, and yeah. and and essentially, you know, I mean, like uh, you know, Jew, Christian, Muslim, um, whatever, um, do a little bit of. Uh, 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 you know, um, objective analysis of what's going on um, with this situation and and the growing level of um, sort of fanatical violence. It's you know, I mean, we hear ISIS, 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 ISIS. Um, uh, the set the settlers will start competing um, for that spotlight. Um, and that's another thing to worry about. Um, you know, who can out who can out horrify the other? Um, you know, so yeah. If we want to, if we want to uh, play some audio, um, and we'll talk about we'll talk about that settler situation. If anybody wants to call in and uh, um, you know and uh, and chat about it, um, I would love for if there's a. Um, Anybody who's Jewish out there and and would love to talk about this, feel free to call in. You certainly will not be attacked. As I've emphasized, that's not what this is about. Uh, Zionism is way more closer to a fiduciary economic system um, uh, than anything yeah. that resembles religion. Um, so that's not what we're talking about. Um, um, and I, just, ta- I think a lot of time there is a you know, both on each side. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with Islamophobia and not only that, um, you know, it's just so ridiculous. I don't get why uh, it happens, but, you know. Well, well, I, well, it happens because, because it's the story that we've been told um, um, as far back as written history has recorded. Um, and you know the old saying, um, if a lie gets repeated enough time, eventually it becomes the truth. And so we live in a false narrative. We live in a false narrative of dualism. We live in a false narrative of of uh, a sense that something is good and something is bad, that something is up and something is down, uh, something is black and something is white, something is Jewish and something is Arab. That's simply... That's, that, that's simply fiction. That's fiction that we have all, including myself, believe me, all of us have, have bought into and are finding so hard to let go of. And and this, uh, 
for some reason, this this settler issue, when I see these young, um, you know, uh, hip hip kids with their computers and fucking their AR snub nose, and it's just all very contradictory for me. And um, it, it, you know, the only thing that's going to stop it is is youth to youth. Uh, discussion, um, uh, you know, short of short of physical intervention, but I don't think you could get enough enough uh, people who would be able to be free long enough together um, to mount any sort of resistance. I mean, you know, that's that's the Israel, that's the, the Zionist government game. It's the moment that 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 three Arabs get together, split them up, arrest two of them, and kill the other. Um, yep. You know, it, it's a fairly effective method of, uh, of quelling insurrection and uh, uh, and the such. All right, let's play a tune. Um, we'll see if, uh, you know, we'll see if Rebel's around. If if he, I would love to talk about John Daly. Um, he has fascinated me, not, not you know, well, he has fascinated my whole life. First of all, I think he could drive a golf ball like a mile and a half back in the day. Um, and I heard a story once uh, about him and Chris Farley uh, meeting up at a bar in Manhattan, and uh, the lulls that pursued were just absolutely epic. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, we'll uh, we'll do that, um, and, and we'll come back to this topic. And again, if anybody would like to... Uh, you know, talk about this, um, call in. And uh, Dalek, thank you for handling the board. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, oh, no wonder. I guess, okay, there's something really going on with the studio. I don't want to get off the studio, but um, we'll still be here, and uh, I'm going to try to figure this out, troubleshoot it. Uh, we'll be back with you guys later on. This is Throwaway Radio coming back in just wait a few minutes. Listen to some tunes, and today we are listening to On My Long by Lionel Richie.
Let the music play on, play on, play on. Feel it in your heart and feel it in your soul. Let the music take control. We're going to party, climbing, fiesta, forever. Come on and sing my song. back and I forgot to give out the return thing and I didn't really have very much of time on that but welcome to Third Rail Radio call on line 646-929-1480 and now your host Antichrist 73 and Ancap Dalek yeah. and now welcome back you sound fucking right as rain my brother yeah um, thank goodness I'm, I, I have Rich. a phone thank goodness line right on Lionel Richie, how about Lionel Richie? His daughter, he, she was in. Uh, what did, she had some uh, skin whitening problem, like Michael Michael Jackson problem. I don't know, but um, that, that might she be was, pretty interesting if that actually happened. I, I think she was she was on a show with a small dog. I think, uh, like a Chihuahua. Uh, <laughs> an asthma on Chihuahua is a fine dog, by the way. Uh, people sometimes yeah. sell them short because of their stature, um, and they can be a little bit nippy. Nonetheless, um, yeah. a fine a fine canine, especially if you live in uh, cramped quarters. Um, oh yeah, but, but but enjoy the company of a dog. Um, so what's okay. the fuck is so going I'm on in, at in Colorado, the, the my brother? Hmm? What's up? What's 
Oh. What the fuck is going on in Colorado? It, it's warm. That's that's all I have to say. And now Rebel is going to be pissed. Me, yeah. Well, it's it's warm. That it's it's nice. It's around sixty five. 65, 75, where I'm at, uh, it's really nice. And uh, I, I, unfortunately, from what I hear, the ghost of Glenn is still here. I guess he's uh, somewhat dead, but still alive within uh, BTR, which is always really nice. We, we love Glenn, and hopefully he can come onto the show and chat with us. We definitely appreciate that. And uh, let's uh, see if uh, Rebel can get onto the show, and we can talk a little bit about John Daly. Awesome. Yeah, and 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 while and while we wait, let me just uh, reiterate the best wishes uh, for Glenn, uh, a more a more stand-up guy on on the internet. Uh, you won't find it's it's pretty much that that straightforward. Um, and uh, he knows we're all here for him. He better. And uh, being a little stubborn as he is, I know he would always hesitate if he needed needed something, but. Uh, Sometimes you have to not be stubborn and, and give a holler, so don't hesitate. And, yeah, definitely best to go ahead. Okay, well, while while Dalek uh, figures out the uh, the call board and... Uh, yeah, don't worry, it's still on. And, I mean, like, someone didn't really call in, so then we can talk about John Daly. Come on, buddy. Oh, okay, I got you right on. He... Um, he said he was about but, to call um, in. But I guess he's doing something else for, uh, at this very moment, but uh, we can't really uh, talk to him very much. But um, so far, you know, uh, we're doing an okay show. I guess the chat is open on uh, the Revolution Radio side um, at this very moment. Uh, I'm on my my account, which is kind of weird. Well, actually, oh, wait a minute. What the heck happened? I don't, but, um... You can you can call, uh, you can get in there and do that. Uh, if, oh, if you notice, if you noticed um, during Rebel Show that that uh, Meeks mentioned that now you need a phone number to register any Twitter account. Um, I think that anybody who spends enough time on the internet um, and and has multiple accounts, even if they are behind uh, a VPN or even chained VPNs. Um, are starting to realize um, that cookies are getting more and more powerful. Um, and on your own machine, if you're not on a virtual machine, um, those cookies can track you across VPNs, even chain VPNs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah right. I mean, I'm it's, preaching to the fire, but it, it is something I've noticed increasingly uh, lately, and it's annoying as fuck. I mean, even even what? like just for working. Um you yeah, know, I have, definitely. I have uh, different email accounts for, um, you know, different contracts I'm working on. And, uh, you know, every third time you got to do the text you a fucking uh, code, it drives me absolutely up the fucking wall. I want a new Internet without Israel and with no logins. Yeah. And also, somebody is on the... The, uh, uh, on the line, it is the man of Revolution Radio, CMI Rebel. What's going on? Rebel, welcome, sir. I know you were back there fixing that 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 
uh, our chat, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not sure. We appreciate uh, it. I'm not sure what that was. I think that's on your end. Um, it was it was fine on the website. Uh, it's, for some reason, you guys couldn't open it on your account, so I actually just changed it to my uh, to my chat room uh, on your page. So it's actually our it's actually Revolution Radio chat down there. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something on B- BTR's end. I'm not sure why you guys couldn't open chat. Usually, what I would do if I have trouble with chat. Um, in the studio, I'll actually go to my dashboard. And if you go to your dashboard, on the left-hand side, it shows like who all your followers are. Right below that, uh, there's an option to actually open a chat, and you can open it through the dashboard as well. well right on. I tried to do that. I went down there, and then I guess I can. It's really stupid. <laughs> Even though I was signed out, I'm telling you that was the issue. And also, I tried to do something well above my skill level, which was take... Uh, three old laptops and set them up as a server. Um, so I've been having some issues with uh, with my with my uh, uh, router. Um, so it very well could be could be my fault um, as well. So my apologies to the to the listeners. Um, but heck, the only way you learn is to try. Rev John Daly, a soldier. No, he's Say, a character. You say he was sleeping soundly in his bed one night, and what happened? Uh, yeah, his, his wife at that time, uh, he woke up to his wife on top of him trying to stab him to death. And uh, the funny part is it was during a golf tournament. So he he woke like he woke up, saw this shit going on, um, called the police and all that fun stuff, and... He actually went and stayed at another person's house and went to the golf course the next day and had, like, scratches and shit all over his face. And the the police came and did the report and everything, and she had already left with the kid. So uh, they ended up catching her, and she got um, – they didn't know this. But he didn't know this, but she had a warrant out for arrest for federal drug trafficking. Holy so, yo. Yeah, yo, John, yo, 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 yo. John Daly he had a, got – He had a issue. kid with this woman? He did. And he was unaware of the fact that she had a federal warrant out on her for trafficking narcotics. Correct. Is that plausible? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, don't they usually do that background check shit before they get married? I mean, I would. I mean, anybody with any common sense does. You sign the prenup. You do the background check. You know, you put the little shit in the phone. You 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 cover all your bases, man. JVAP taught me that. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh... He's he's quite the character. Um if you if you read up on him, um uh, I mean I I know because uh, most golfers know um the history of John Daly, but uh he he wrote a very good uh, autobiography on himself and uh I believe what I'm about to tell you. He wrote in there that um in his life uh he has lost anywhere from 50 to 60 million dollars uh gambling. Sweet Mother Mary and St. Joseph. Well, I guess at one point, the fact that he had $60 million to lose is an accomplishment in itself. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean now, he's, we, a, he's a major did, winner. He's he's won majors on the PGA Tour. Um, you know, he, he, he has the money, and he was getting paid, you know, $10 million a year for sponsorships and everything. 
um, not just the money from golf, but, you know, sponsorships, commercials, stuff like that. So, um, you know, needless to say, he was doing fine for himself, but uh, he was someone who really liked uh, getting into the booze. Uh, he had a big drinking problem, um, and uh, his life just kind of out of control. Uh, a lot of cocaine, a lot of drugs. Um, but you know what's interesting is, um, and and being in the profession you're in, you'll remember this. Um, you know, pre-Tiger and everything, he really brought some excitement to the tour. Um, he could drive the ball a mile and a half. Um, he was always saying something. Uh, either inappropriate, um, hucking a club, um, which I love it when golfers just huck clubs. They just chuck them about, you know what I mean? Um, Did you see, um, I'm not sure, it made the news, uh, I'm not sure if you had actually seen it or not, but uh, Rory McIlroy, there was a tournament um, at Doral, Trump Doral this past week, and uh, Rory actually threw his three iron in the middle of a pond on live television. That's a big no-no. Yeah, and then Donald Trump uh, actually paid someone to go in there, a scuba diver, to go in there and get it. What a jerk. Donald Trump, I mean, why would he do that? That's preposterous. That's a PR stunt. Yeah, exactly. But it's... um, I mean, have all his casinos shut? Every one of them? uh, Well... I I don't think it's, all of his casinos have shut down, but I'll tell you what, his golf courses are doing very, very well. Ah, uh, indeed. Well, I guess he's uh, reallocated resources. Uh, but uh, I thought that your, your show um, with Nuts was interesting. It, it was, uh, I mean, you always do a great show. Um, um, you know, and once again, we do find ourselves uh, talking about that topic of kind of free speech um, um, and, uh, and, and where, like, how do you place what happens on Twitter um, in context, uh, you know, with the real world, Uh, you know, and, and I, I find myself thinking about it uh, maybe, maybe too often because, um, there is sort of this paradox where I've made some genuine real friends on Twitter um, and yet nothing um, that any of you guys say I take seriously enough uh, that would, that would, that would cause a rift in that friendship. You see, does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, um, I think the recognition that, 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 that Twitter is um, a wall that you can throw things at um, without repercussion is really important. Um, and uh, yeah, there are those those uh, you know those uh, push button topics. Um, Israel being one of them. Um, you know, I I mean I'm I'm getting berated right now um, by uh, by the by the Israelites. Um, the Zionists, I should say, um, you know, but that, you know, it's, it's absolutely imperative that, um, we have this outlet to express ourselves, um, you know, without fear of, of, uh, of either being arrested or being swatted. Yeah. Well, you'd think. Yeah. But, you know, I, 
yeah. I, and I think it's so, like, messed up that people are so offended all the time, you know, uh, over just some language. It's just really, really weird. You know what? I, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want, and you, know what? you guys can go fuck off. But people are like, eh, well, yeah. Yes, it's incredible, Sorry. the flotsam and jetsam and power of words, you know. Um, no, you're 100% right, Dalek. Um, you know, and Terrence McKenna... Um, uh, uh, you know, proselytized, spoke, said, you, you know, culture cannot evolve uh, any faster than um, its ability to describe itself. Um, and so uh, sort of pushing um, the envelope of uh, terms that, that, that history has taught us are um, so offensive, um, it does. It takes away their power. Um, anything that, that yeah. you try that you try to resist and that that you fight to resist um you'll give it more power um and yeah. like do I run around yelling the n word or the f word or you know whatever absolutely not um, um in fact uh even when I started on Twitter, I was quite knee jerk reaction to those words um and uh and and you know <laughs> desensitizing, but also understanding um, the absurdity uh, of placing so much um, uh, power in words. Um, you know, you you move on, and that's that's the only reason. That's the only way we will move on. If 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 young people in Israel who um, who are fed hate um, and retribution. Um, and vengeance every day uh, for breakfast, they will go out and they will reap what they have been fed at breakfast. In this country, if, you know, neoliberal white people are fed a, a diet of, uh, of of being guilty about um, a past they had no control over, about uh, feeling remorse for a lot in life, that you literally have no control over, um, we'll, ne- we'll never m- move forward. Does that mean that we completely forget history? Absolutely not. That's not the point. Um, it's essential that we re- remember, um, you know, but I think it's in remembering that you don't repeat. Um, yeah. So so my thoughts on that. So, Rep, the website is doing awesome. Yeah, the website, you're welcome. The website's holding up great. Um, like there's, you know, small things here and there. You're going to have your quirks here and there. Like um, the one thing I, I really want to figure out how to do, and I don't think there's a way to really do it. Um, I want to, you know, we, we do offer a Skype button for everybody, just like BTR has, where you can click the Skype button and connect to the show. Um, but what BTR does is they won't, they oh. will they will sign you a different Skype number uh, it's a BTR listener number, and they assign you a different one for every single show. So your show doesn't have the same Skype call-in every time. So the problem we run into is uh, what I need to do, like when I'm doing my show, um, once the show starts and I'm allowed to Skype into the show, this is what I do when my intro is playing. I have to go to my show page, like my BTR show page, click on Skype, and have it connect to the Skype 
um, and see what the BTR listener is, disconnect it, go to Wix, go to the edit page on Wix, and update what the BTR listener is, and then publish it. Um, and then everyone's got to refresh their page. So, unfortunately, um, you know, having the Skype button on the page is a fucking pain in the ass for me, and it's it's a pain for anyone else who will be running the site uh, after I retire, but um, I wish there was a better way to do it. I'm going to look into it. Uh, I can't seem to find any better way to do it, but besides that, you know, we're getting a lot of visits. Um, I want to encourage the other hosts to uh, write some uh, blog entries. I've I've written about five or six. I want to get some of the other hosts to write some as well. Um, what's cool now is... Uh, the most visited site is obviously the home page, and uh, besides the show pages, uh, the home page, and we've got the calendar right on there. It's got the list of uh, shows. Uh, it's got some of the shows under the news section. Um, it's got a lot of good stuff on there, so when people want to see when the shows are, who's coming on the shows, they can go right to the web page. So uh, it's it's being utilized for what it is. Uh, it's a it's a hub to. Yeah get information about the shows and to listen to the shows and chat while you're doing it without having to go to BTR. Uh, so I think all in all, it's, it's uh, pretty successful and it allows us to do certain things like, uh, you know, if we, if we run a GoFundMe for a show, we can actually put those links right on the page where people can just click on buttons or pictures and stuff like the March Madness contest that we're starting again on Sunday uh, we're actually. I'm going to create a page for the March Madness where I'm going to have the standings uh, and and all the stuff you need right on the web page, so you can do all your stuff from the web page. Cool. That, I, I'm I am genuinely looking forward to the March Madness tournament. Uh, that was a hoot last year, um, and, and it will be again. What? Um, so with Syracuse, did they get the death penalty? Uh, they didn't. They didn't get the death penalty. Um, they actually got off fairly easy um, for what they did, which was pretty much tampering with grades. Um, in in no other better word to say it, they're tampering with grades. So they did back in 2007. Um, what they did was they suspended Coach Beheim, uh seven or eight games next year, which will be no big deal because we have one of the best assistant coaches in the country. Uh, but what really hurts is they lost 12 scholarships over the next four years. So they're going to lose three scholarships a year, which oh, isn't, isn't – yeah, it's not going to necessarily be terrible because you got to figure he only plays seven or eight guys anyway. So he's going to have 10 scholarships every year anyways. So that's not going to hurt them as bad as you'd think. Um, but what really hurt the, the school was um, they had to forfeit 181 wins. Um, which means Jim Beheim had to forfeit 181 wins from the past seven years, um, which means that now Jim Beheim has gone from the second most winningest coach in the NCAA to the fifth. Um, so what you're telling me is that the NCAA has figured out a way to travel through time. Pretty much, they uh, they docked them. Uh, they docked them for their wins. Um, they took wins away from them. So it's. You know, it, it sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the big thing that impacts us now is Syracuse actually in, implemented a postseason ban on themselves this year, hoping the NCAA would be a little more, uh, you know, a little more lenient with them. Uh, they accepted that. So right now 
Syracuse's season's done. They're not in the ACC tournament. They won't be in the uh, the regular tournament, uh, which they haven't done in quite some time. So um, it's it's going to suck not having Syracuse in the tournament, but they'll they'll be fine. They'll be good to go next year. You know, we got John Hopkins on the bench. He's a great. Uh, uh, he's an excellent assistant coach. He'll be the head coach there someday when Bayheim retires. So, overall, you know, it, it definitely wasn't a death penalty, but it's it's just a kind of an inconvenience. But uh, no, we'll we'll get through it and uh, we'll be we'll be fine. Um, the investigation took eight years. Yeah, they. I mean, they they really didn't. How, how, how much money do you think that they spent on investigating Bayheim for uh, violating college sports rules? Uh, well, you got to figure it this way: um, how bad, how much are they going to be investigating someone who's making them money? Um, and that's the way you got to think about it: is Syracuse is a top-tier school; they're a top-tier university. And they bring a lot of primetime games on ESPN and CBS and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, are you going to bite the hand that feeds you? Yeah, you want to see Syracuse on there, and you want to get them out there, and you want to get them into the tournaments, and you want to see the rivalry with Duke because that's going to drive ad money for people. That's going to drive money in for the NCAA. Um, it's it's hard unless your hand is absolutely forced to come to a legible conclusion um, by an investigation um, of the parenting organization, which would be the NCAA, to say, well, you've been bad, um, when they're making them money. So, yeah, they're going to drag the investigation out. I guarantee the last seven years, they looked into it, you know, eight years ago. They probably didn't do shit for seven years, and uh, someone brought it up again, and Syracuse actually ran their own internal investigation, and that forced the hand of the NCAA to do something instead of just sitting there and, you know. Oh. Yeah. So So the president it, ordered a, an internal investigation, the president of the university. The Yeah, the, the chancellor of the university did. Um, the head of the, the sports, the, the head of the uh, athletic department did. And, He's going to miss that revenue. And, you know, it, it's... I believe. It's, yeah, because, you know... If you go, when Syracuse goes to the ACC tournament, um, you know, they get a portion of what the ACC gets for their, and it's it's a business, they get a portion of what the ACC gets from their sponsors for the ACC tournament on ESPN. Syracuse is losing out on like $400,000 worth of money right there. And then if they make the NCAA tournament, every team that makes the tournament, um, each round gets a certain amount of money. The university does. So, let's say Syracuse goes to the Final Four or the Elite Eight. Um, you know, at that point, they're making another two or three million dollars for the university by being in that tournament because the NCAA has to uh, tally out um, a percentage of the sponsorship money that the NCAA get. Um, so, and, the university is losing a lot of money. And to bring it full circle, you, you, Glenn, and I know from watching that great 30-minute ESPN documentary that Bayheim and John Thompson essentially are the ones who, work, you know, uh, constructed this um, lucrative financial deal for universities um, to get when they do well in basketball. 
Now, here's one thing I really want to ask just out of curiosity. Do you think um, uh, basketball players in the NCAA should get paid? Oh, I think student-athletes should get paid, absolutely. I went I went to the University of Miami, the U, right, where football mm-hmm. is big, you know. Um, that's where I did undergraduate. Uh, those guys weren't students. I mean, what a fucking... What a, what a joke, you know, and it was, and, and and no one was more insulted than those guys. I mean, they work nonstop, you know. I was at the University of Miami when Ray Lewis was there, when Warren Sapp was there, when Rohan Marley was there. All those dudes did was work, man. That's it. Work and party. And um, they have people who arrange their classes. They arrange when they have to go to class, which is maybe once a month. Um, They have note takers. Um, So they're not there for school. That's a pretense um, and a false one. Um, And so to, to, you know, to kid around about it and say, oh, well, they're students and they're getting a scholarship and a a free education and that in itself um, is – uh, equivalent to um, what they bring to the university. That's horseshit. That is crazy. I mean, look, look. the highest paid government employees in 49 out of 50 states are college football coaches. Put that in your pipe, oh, yeah. Smoke. You know? Like, that's staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bam's, yeah. making, Bam's making $7 million a year. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, and let's not forget, like, these guys are coaches, right? But they're also educators. Um, And if you ask them individually, they will describe themselves as educators. Um, And university presidents are no better. Like, the second highest paid state employee in 49 out of 50 states is a university president. Uh, You know, this is is new economics. This is is new, uh, you know, uh, corporatism mixing with uh, education, um, and it's extremely dangerous. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, um, just wanted to say something real quick. Uh, now Glenn is on the line, so good evening, Glenn. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, Glenn, what a, what a, great to hear your voice, man. How are you doing? Uh, first couple nights at home, uh, they're pretty hard. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I imagine, brother. It's a lot of uh, a lot of getting used to things that used to be just turn your waist and do it is now three separate moves, and uh, it's, everything has really slowed down. Have you tried to jerk off yet? I couldn't <laughs> give a flying fuck about fapping, man. No yeah, way. Yeah. He has to wait till he comes off the opiates, and then it'll be like fat, 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 fat. Um, Glenn, you've been in all of our minds, uh, you know, constantly, and uh, yeah, I bet it's a lot of adjustment, even without um, sort of the lackluster help of uh, of a hospital. Um, you have you have anybody out there? Oh yeah, I have plenty of assistance. Uh, the two days I've been home, there have been. At least one person here, twelve hours a day. Cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
And, uh, you know, that's cool. It's it's really helping. And, uh, I mean, there were tools I had to get and get installed just to be here. I mean, you can't just get in the shower anymore. You can't just sit down on the toilet anymore. You know, it's uh, it's quite a change. But uh, whatever. That's what I got, man. I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and catch feels here for a second. I don't I don't really give a fuck. Um, uh, you know, I, certainly one of the reasons why um, why I'm I'm in this group group and uh, to me Glenn never left the group. Whatever that's you know um, is because there is a built-in support network. Um, you know, as far as just even just saying, yo, what's up? You know, um, how are you? What's going on? You good? And, um, you know, as you get on to uh, Glenn and my age, um, uh, that shit becomes increasingly important. Um, and, uh, Glenn, you made my night by calling in. Can I get you fired yeah. up and ask you and ask you about settlers? Settlers? Okay. We, we, we started well, before, the before we get into anything else, we have Shinduo and Vert on the line. Uh, everybody, uh, both of those two are on uh, and live. Oh, hell yes. Shin, welcome. Vert, welcome. Hey, thank you. Yeah, you back yeah, at uh, Pretty good, pretty good. Just enjoying the 80-degree weather here in the desert. Uh, Glenn, I'm glad you're back at home. Uh, I'm glad you're back uh, on Twitter, tweeting, and uh, interacting with us. I'm sorry about the accident. I was pretty fucked up. Uh, I have a few notes to talk about. Uh, the, the, the whole college controversy about these players getting paid, and that's all I have to say is that these players should be getting paid something because they are starving. It's amazing. Uh, but whatever else topic at hand, uh, I'm glad to add my piece to it. So what's going on guys? Nothing. I appreciate your comment about the, uh, about the NCAA. And I, I, I agree with you. And, and, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, um, that, that a, a lot of them, uh, do struggle for scratch. Uh, you know, um, once, once the whole Nike thing went south for college athletes, uh, um, yeah, man, they need to get paid. I mean, if you're bringing, if it, if we live in a free market system and we, you're bringing in millions and you're a commodity, you need to be compensated. That's simple. You know, a fucking now, shit, a fucking shitty American university education, it's not compensation. Go fuck yourself. I agree. I agree. Now I don't know yeah. the uh, the name of the coach of the San Francisco Superfags, uh, the Forty ers but um, he got into a scuffle with the uh, ownership, the uh, the upper echelon of the San Francisco 49ers, and he ended up leaving this um, this season. So um, the, the coach of the San Francisco 49ers, which actually left with a, with a leading record, uh, could have, you know, I believe it was back-to-back Super Bowl wins. I'm not too sure on that one. I, I don't really follow football. Um, but uh, he, he left the 49ers this year, uh, last week, to take up a uh, college program coaching position for more money than a professional football team would have offered him. And then what yes. does that tell you about the players that are getting skimped out of everything and just being treated with absolutely no regard and starving themselves to death? 
It's amazing. It is absolutely it, amazing how, how that works. It, it is staggering. And I, and I think Rebel even said, I think the figure is $7 million a year to coach a college football team. We're, it's, I'm with you, Shin. I'm with you. Vert, yeah. how are you? Well, go ahead, go ahead, Vert. What do you got? Oh, um, no, I, hey, Glenn. And, um, yeah, I just, Shin was having trouble calling in, so I added him to the call and he pressed one. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I hate doing that. But oh, I yeah. love. No worries. But, yeah, glad you're doing better, Glenn, and everything will move faster in time. Oh, I was in the green room. Right, right. I just want to mention that, Glenn, I'm glad you're happy. I'm, I'm, I'm not, well, okay. Let me, let me try this again. I'm glad you're back home uh, and, and interacting with us on Twitter and uh, able to call it at least. Uh, I know you're, you're out into the uh, the hot seat right now. And you won't be able to for the next couple of weeks, which is okay. You know, we're going to work with that. Uh, but I'm definitely happy that uh, you're back home, and it sucks with your with your accident. And I hope that you get well soon, man. No, thanks, man. I mean, uh, according to what the police have told me and my mother and what the EMS told me on scene, I'm lucky to have gotten out of it. So I'll go with that. And uh, I said tonight on Twitter that the view up here is looking for a return in April sometime. Um, I just, uh, there's no way. I just don't have the time right now to put in to doing a show. You guys Who's know. Who's looking at Harper's whereabouts during all of this? Oh, Who don't worry. There's plenty more. Who is looking into Harper's whereabouts during your accident? I need to know. Because I. That's I, a good I, question, but. The the immediate thing is, hey, we're happy to have you back, back Lynn. A- abs- absolutely, yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, now, now about this NCAA thing. I mean, you guys are Americans. I'm not. This is the way I see it. You can go back to the '84 LA Olympics. The way Peter Uberoth turned it into something like the World Cup has become. It became the biggest television event in the world, which means the biggest advertising event in the world. And, uh, you know, then came these big uh, patriotic uh, American on top of the podium programs with Budweiser and all these huge corporate influences. And the USAAF, by their mandate, simply couldn't do what they really wanted to do. So they decided to, well, we'll just go down a level. We have to have amateurs, so let's go to the colleges. And, you know, in the NCAA, they found a uh, willing partner, shall we say. And uh, it's, I think it's just grown naturally from what was started. And nobody's checked it along the way, like just about everything else. And now we have what we have today. Where it's nothing, you know, it's 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 like the NFL. That's a billion-dollar industry, and it's tax-free. Like, go fuck yourself. What's going on here? Glenn has two broken legs and other uh, and other serious injuries, and he just comes on here and elevates the intellectual level of the conversation. One broken. Uh, what? Sorry, one broken. Two sounded better. Um, and uh, and man. I love you for it. And it's true. And you bring it to the 84 Olympics in Uberoff, uh, 
uh, and that's and that's exactly where sort of um, uh, the corporatism um, and the absolute like gates wide open to any yeah. advertiser started and and now we have things like the World Cup in Brazil where where they dis- displaced how many millions of fucking favela dwellers uh, you know to build the appropriate accommodations for athletes who would be there for two weeks and, um, to, hi- and to hide the slums from the rest of the world that would see them as well uh, you know exactly Exactly. Just, to, just to like, just like Putin did in Sochi, he moved tens of thousands of people right out of the area because we don't want you to be seen. And 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 another thing, I think uh, is it who it's who, Bahrain has the next World Cup, or did they take that away from them? Um, or Qatar? I think Qatar. It's Qatar. Qatar is twenty-two. And so they're already shuttling people like into the desert for that. Um, well, you know. there's going to be huge problems with Qatar anyway because the World Cup is traditionally in the Northern Hemisphere summer, and if you play the World Cup in Qatar in August, it's going to be like playing on a frying pan. It's going to be like 120 degrees on the field. So they're trying to move it to the winter, but then that fucks up most of the domestic leagues where the year-round money is for all the clubs in the leagues. So this is going to be a problem. So who's the brain trust who didn't take seasons into consideration? It's all about money, man. That's all it's about. <laughs> you know that it wouldn't be 180 degrees Fahrenheit on a soccer field in fucking the middle of the desert in July. Well, Qatar is prepared to build enclosed air-conditioned stadiums. You know, I mean, sure, sure. of course they are at, at the American and Canadian. Oh no, they got the money. Expense. They got the money. Don't worry. Yeah, they do. They'll, they'll just get it back through the international television rights, or they just don't care. It's PR to them. So carry this forward about the settler issue, because for some reason this this shit hit me this week, um, where you know just. Just uh, you know, and obviously it coincided with Netanyahu's um, speech in Congress, and um, uh, you know, and and the media bites and and the images and so on and so forth. Um, but it does it it did it did strike me this week that um, you know my uh, optimism that 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 when the old gray-haired guys died, that things would get better has been completely and utterly crushed. Um, and this, there's a new uh, level of Zionist zealotry, um, you know, that that geographically has expanded well beyond anything that could be considered Israel, um, and is doing it with such exuberance um, um, it, it, that all of a sudden I find them to be the, the the biggest threat to fucking peace in the Middle East. I think Israel's been the biggest threat to to the Middle East since the 60s. So, you know, I mean, why does Israel have 200 nuclear warheads and Iran's not allowed to have one? What is this? It's ridiculous. And and in what country can you march march with rifle in hand, um, you know, since uh, we eradicated Native Americans and Canadians too? 
what what country can you just march in with rifle in hand and usurp land from people and and take a fucking uh, an earth mover to their house? Um, well, and it's not that I, I I'm unaware uh, that this has been going on. Just suddenly this week it struck me right in the forehead. Well, I mean, when families in Brooklyn, young families with a couple kids in Brooklyn, get moved to Israel with U.S. tax dollars, get given a new home on occupied territory with U.S. tax dollars, and this guy doesn't have to join the Army, and he's given training on how to use an automatic rifle, so if he sees any Palestinians in his settlements, you know, he can kill them. It's okay. You and know? Don't forget and those uh, guns and the, the firearms that they're being trained are also being done by U.S. tax dollars. That's true. That is true. Indeed. And and there is something very, like, very paradoxical about seeing some dude who looks like, you know, some hipster in Brooklyn uh, with a, you know, a, 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 a pup set-up AR-15 strapped on his shoulder, um, you know, with a... Uh, with a, a bucket loader uh, knocking down a house behind him, um, perhaps that—that's what really struck me was was sort of this uh, this aesthetic that that uh, no longer you know correlated. I mean, you know, to, for me to see what I you know still. I mean, I'm a kid. I'm fucking. I may be old, but I'm a kid, and I see, you know, old people fucking old people up. It's like, okay, that's the way it's been for a long time, but it's supposed to change. And then when you see this complete uh, transformation of the image of the aggressor um, manifest before your eyes, um, it's troubling, um, you know, and I, and... and 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 so of course it, you know it's easy we it's easy to point out the problems like we love, we all love pointing out the problems so how do we solve this nobody wants to go marching in the desert to face these fucking maniacs. Um, well, I don't think you stop it in Israel. You stop it in Washington. I do too. I do too. Um, I think that's that's where it has to has to be stopped because, like I said, I mean you know let's be realistic. Who's going to march out into the fucking desert and? I mean, that's just not realistic. You know, maybe Derek Lostutter could do that. I'm not sure, but... Um, well, it's it, it's just <laughs> not where the real, after that happens. It's not where the real power behind us is anyway. The power is the money, and the money is Washington. And and yes. I, I touched early on, on the dual citizenship between, you know, that so many um, people in our government have, and, uh, and, and the... The fact that I don't, I don't think it's uh, it's any longer um, a sustainable arrangement um, between two countries that have so little in common. Um, as far as uh, if you ask each uh, populace, you know, um, we 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 have we have nothing in common with Israel anymore as we did when I was growing up. Um, secular yep. Jews. Uh, common sense Jews have been pushed aside by the media, so we get to see um, these zealots who I'm describing and the neocons and the Zionists um, 
And on our side, who are the biggest allies of these lunatics, but our best lunatics? Wow. The um, the rapture guys, the born-again Christians, you know? So what does that tell you when the born-again Christians who believe that any day now we will, those who have made peace with Jesus will leave their earthly skin sack behind and ascend into heaven while all of us descend into the 11th level of Dante's Inferno. So these are, these are the two sides that have now chosen uh, to become allies. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, the same, it's the same deal. I mean, everything's political. And this is exactly all it is. And it's about money, and it's about superiority and power. And that's it. That's all they care but about. We, and we call ISIS a death cult. So how the fuck is Israel not a death cult? How the fuck are, are crazy, born-again, zealot Christians not a death cult? Well, it's because of who's pulling the levers. I mean, the quote from Harry Truman is, He's a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch. Ah, yeah, brilliant. That's all there is to it. You know, Shin. Shin, are you there? He, he's probably eating still. But um, what, it's, so, like, it's I am here. It's up? all fun and games till a big tower comes falling down. i you know, I've had anxiety about asking Rebel about this whole thing. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't really give a shit. I don't really yeah, pay attention. Okay. To it. it's I not know. my cup of tea. Just, just to break the ice, uh, <clears throat> ISIS released a video yesterday of a ten-year-old uh, child killing a uh, what appears to be a uh, what was it? An Israeli? No, not Israeli. An Iranian uh, spy. So that makes you question to believe. Okay, so ISIS, you know, uh, they've been openly funded and armed and trained by the United States government, uh, and basically created by the United States government, um, using their weapons, our weapons. Uh, and it, it makes me question uh, if this is propaganda as to using drone strikes, which has been completely um, uh, uh, ostracized by the media, by the people, which, which rightfully so, by using drones to kill innocent children, killing innocent women, um, in in the attempts to to eliminate terrorists, so and don't forget, uh, uh, don't forget America which does nothing but create terrorists. Right, nothing but you know? create terrorists. It's uh, retaliatory retaliatory killings. I mean, I've yeah. seen I've seen documentaries that have aired here in Canada of people who've gone over to Yemen and gone to towns of like 60 people and there was a town and there was a wedding and 45 out of the 60 people in the town got killed by a drone strike. So, you know, and they talk to the survivors and they say, we didn't know shit about the United States. We didn't care. It had absolutely nothing to do with us. But now, now we know who you are and we not happy. So how does this help anything? You know, it, does. it doesn't help anything at all. I just feel that uh, the propaganda piece is is aimed toward 
uh, riling the public against. I mean, obviously, you know, for for the aggressors themselves, you know, ISIS is saying that uh, you know anybody of any age can can join and 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 create an Islamic state. But in the meantime, uh, when you're on the defensive side, it tells you that uh, well, children and women are uh, fair game, and that's very startling. Shin, let let me offer something. I, I because I I agree with most of what you said. I don't think that ISIS has anything to do with Islam. I think ISIS ha I think ISIS is a cartel. I think they are more akin uh, to the Zetas or um, to the Sinaloa cartel in structure, um, in motivation. Um, all these guys who are fucking sawing people's heads off or not, who knows, with dull knives, they're Westerners, dude. They went to private school. They come from good families. These are, these, these are not... You know, these are not the wedding guests that Glenn speak of who are the true victims of our imperialism. These are spoiled, rotten fucking brats who want to kill. That's what ISIS has nothing to do with Islam. The the cartels have something to gain, and that's a multi-million dollar issue. ISIS has eclipsed both the Sinaloa and the Zeta cartel in net worth in less than a year. They own oil, bro. I mean, that stacks. That's where you really start putting fucking billions in a closet. Oil. Especially well, as you're right, man. sure. But drugs will pale in comparison to the, the price of their Oil, drugs. drugs, same oil shit, man. Same shit. You drugs. put oil in your vein, you put dope in your vein. It's the same right. shit. It's the same shit. ISIS is a cartel. They have nothing to do with Islam. Mohammed would urinate on them. <laughs> Definitely. They have nothing to do with Islam. They are a gang. They are thugs and bullies. They are trying to corner a market, just like our all cartels do. Pick heroin, pick coke, pick oil. We're a cartel. The United States is a cartel. You know, we used to call ourselves a cartel with pride. The oil cartel. Right. Hey, Amer- American Standard Oil, best cartel. Oh boy, I work for American Standard Oil. I work for fucking Rockefeller. I'm in the cartel. I'm part of the cartel. Blah, 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 blah. All this, so we go back to language, right? Language. Cartels, cartels, cartels. ISIS. Al-Baghdadi. Come on. Dude fucking went to Oxford or Cambridge. Like, yep. So well, I can see a way to draw the similarities. Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, there there is no there is no race capable of the level of violence that white people are capable of. So this, like, fear mongering about ISIS chopping off heads and so on and so forth. Do you know how many people were decapitated at the end of the French Revolution? They were just grabbing people willy nilly off the street. Ah, cut his head off, don't see you, right? You know, and uh, well, all the of a sudden, my more of a trial by jury, drag them out to the streets and uh, create, you know, and make them guilty. It's it's kind of like 
and I hate to say it right now, it's kind of like how we should do in America. <laughs> no, excuse me. With the DOJ, uh, with the uh, executive branch, with uh, with most of the uh, representatives of Congress, we should drag them out to the streets and uh, put them in front of a jury of their own people, and uh, and, and show them and find them guilty of crimes that they've committed. And have a, a swift. Speaking and of the judicial branch, speaking of the du- judicial branch, uh, a lot of people think that they're the most trustworthy just because it, it, they haven't really put out the corruption within that. And I don't really think trying them and putting them to court and yada yada this yada yada that will really help out, especially with Congress and especially with the president. I think we should just dis- dismantle all government, take it from the top down, dismantle the federal government. Go down to the state's government, dismantle those, go down to the counties, dismantle those, and then down to the towns and go to the straight-out individual and then keep it that way. You know, a true voluntary society. If somebody wants to have a government and they actually completely and utterly believe in that society and they want to live in there, they can do that. But if people, but for the rest of people who want to be free and uh, get away from authority, let's do that. People can do that. And, uh, I hear a lot of the people like say, uh, "Oh well, uh, you know, people are evil and stupid. No one can live without a government." Well, if people are evil and stupid, then why are you asking people who are actually evil and stupid in a government to control you? It's just complete and utter stupidity. Alex, you just hit the nail on the head, man. This is this is this is this is you know part of this false narrative, part of this story that. That that has been has been so well sold and so well told over and over and over again to 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 us that without some construct of value ethics mores and norms we would be savages eating each other having orgies and uh, you know doing appalling things uh, hey guess what we we do all those things. We uh, have all the constructs. I'll have what he's having. So how about we try it without the constructs and see if 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 it's not the construct itself that drives people to that sort of behavior. And whoever played that, I'll have what he's having. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was that was, that was me talking. I go, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> was that just you talking? Yeah. That was like soundboard quality, dude. That was excellent. I'm literally, I'm literally laying in bed right now. And yes, uh, if Vincent Bay was, is listening, I did say that because I literally am uh, laying in bed right now, and I'm, I'm on the show. I've got Adult Swim on. I've, I'm listening. I'm watching uh, uh, Robot Chicken. And I'm I'm playing Bubble Burst on my phone while I'm listening to this. So I've I've got so much stuff going on um, that I am just enjoying myself immensely. You know that as recently Good. as 1962, neurologists claimed that the human brain was incapable of multitasking. That's because I, they could. I, I I challenge them on 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 that supposition. That's because they couldn't multitask, and they considered themselves the superior intelligence. So that means oh. nobody can multitask. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> we have a winner. Exactly. Rebel. Yeah. Did you hear what I said about uh, Uberoth and the 84 LA Olympics and how right. uh, 
I did. What do you think about that? I I don't know. I I tend to agree. Um, I I, mean, I don't really I don't really have. Uh, I agree with what you said, um, and I think overall, uh, when you were talking about uh, I forget where it is, but the 2022 Olympics. Um, the, the, the places that these Olympics are coming to, uh, you know, Sochi is a perfect example. You know, people didn't see what was going on in the background with all these people. Um, and they were pushing people out of there and they created pretty much their own new town to have the Olympics in. It was, oh, it's so great and it's so beautiful. And yeah, you go 10 minutes down the street and that's where all the homeless people are that just got fucking pushed out of there. Yep. Um, you know that shit's that shit's happening wherever you go. And granted, television rights and uh, the money that the Olympic Committee pushes into these areas um, is helpful. But um, I want you guys and anyone else listening to Google this sometime next time you get bored. Um, Google uh, former Olympic sites today, um, and you yeah. will see all these countries that actually created their own little town. To have the Olympics in, and now they're just like ghost towns of, you know, ski drumps and fucking all kinds of shit. Uh, empty stadiums and empty pavilions and all this shit that it looks like, you know, World War Four just fucking blew through there because they had the Olympics 20 years ago. And these areas that were created just for the Olympics got ignored afterwards, and it's a fucking ghost town. Well, and they're not even built up to code. They're not built. They're not built to. Uh, they're not built to code for permanent inhabitants. So, it's not even like uh, you know a group of smart people um, could say, "Holy shit, there's a bunch of material there, um, and some structure. We could reinforce it, or change it, or make a deal with the city and and make it into a museum or a garden or whatever." The construction itself is done so quickly and shabbily that. That the, the buildings are, like you said, quite literally useless. Which I mean, I mean that's asinine stuff, man. That's crazy. Like, you know, if you're if you're gonna if you're going to if you're gonna claim that hosting something like the Olympics or the World Cup is gonna bring real revenue and real, um, um, you, you know, sort of a, a period of fruition um, to the hosting company, um, then, then you have to at least make the gesture to make the uh, um, you know the the buildings uh, inhabitable for more than two weeks. Like, you know that to me that's basic one on one stuff. Well, they yeah, got they, they it. Got, oh, go ahead. Sorry, that ended with LA in '84. Right, where where it's just too expensive. And and you know Rebel makes a good point that there. I think even even quite recently there was a. Uh, I think the equation did work where hosting. Um, you know, even one of these kind of like grotesquely large games um, did bring revenue into the host city and so on and so forth. But um, I think security costs have now thrown that equation asunder. Um, and the country, the host country, has spent so much money on, uh, on uh, you know, exaggerated security that there's no way that margin is still there. It's. I, I can see that. You know, security is always a problem. Um, and it's an expensive problem no matter where you go uh, for yeah. any venue. Um, 
a lot of but, overhead. You know all about that. Yeah, and what what really what what it really comes down to is you know security is expensive, yes, but the amount the millions and millions of dollars that flow into these places. Um, I don't think it's as big of a player, the security aspect, as you might think. Um, I honestly think that they just they can hire security firms to come in and take care of that. Um, I mean, these people make a fucking ton. Like, these countries are making a ton of money by bringing this to their region. And like you said, they're tossing stuff up so quickly. But the selection process for Olympics is is so far in advance that it gives people, you know, six to eight years to get ready. You'd think they'd be able to, you'd think they'd want to, um, yeah, create a good little, you know, city to have your Olympics in with all your fancy jumps and everything else. But why waste those resources after the Olympics are gone? Why not build it to the point where, Okay, Olympics are done. That was fantastic. We got our money in. It was a great Olympics. Now let's use those facilities to let's say house the the underprivileged. Let's uh, you know turn them into you know sustainable uh, structures and actually use the material that they spent so much money on to have the Olympics there to do some good in their community. You know, uh, senior housing or homeless housing or Something along those lines, you know, plant well, gardens out there. They, you put the fucking rabble-rousing black block people who protested at the thing, you know, for all I care. I mean, I, I'm not being serious, but I'm just, you know, using exaggeration to illustrate a point. Just use the material. Reuse the material for anything. Yeah. You know, like to let it just sit there, like you said. I mean, I I love looking at those pictures, like, you know. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. And to take something a little more regional to us, like Lake Placid is still completely functional. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean they, they still bring they still bring stuff there. I mean they still do uh you know, winter trials there and, and help and hold uh, downhill championships and stuff like that. But you know, this is and the Glenn's gonna cringe when I say this, but this is the United States. You know, they they do stuff like that. They don't, you know, you would never, I don't think you'd ever see, and, and trust me, there are a few um, sections of Boston when they had the summer, or that Boston, um, Atlanta in 96 when they had the Summer Olympics there. Um, there's still some rundown shit that they're not using there, but not like you see in Sochi or other places like that, uh, Barcelona, right. places like Where that. The day the event ends, like nobody ever goes there again. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know, they're so eerie. I love yeah. that. I think the worst examples are Athens and uh, Sarajevo. Well, oh, Sarajevo is a fucking shithole to begin with. Oh, yeah. I know, <laughs> but. It's all been a fucking disaster. Since the war, it's like it never even happened there. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you want to you want to see how on earth go to Liberia, and then like Kazakhstan. Oh, you know, I, everybody's definition could vary on that. Uh, you know I, I don't. You know, you know what I can't wait for? Being ubiquitous. What? I I you can't know. wait for Summer Olympics 2016 Rio. You know why? No. Because golf. golf is coming back to the Olympics, baby. Golf. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay! How did, like, how did, like, Team 
team golf, right? Like the uh, day. No, what it's no, what it's going to be is um, they haven't had golf in the Olympics since 1908, and what it's going to be is judging by uh, a country's um, population, uh, there's a certain amount of qualifying spots. Like the United States gets five or I think four or five qualifying spots. Australia gets three. You know, like Ireland gets two. You know, stuff like that. I don't think any black countries in in that in that lineup. Oh, Africa! Africa will definitely. Um, Why is it got to be Africa? Uh, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, <laughs> Africa probably puts a team in. There are more. There are other black golfers besides, uh, you know, Tiger Woods, uh, Tiger Woods uh, who who would be playing for the United States, but there's no way he'd be able to qualify because it's less than a year away. But um, uh, yeah, what it is, it's, it's going to be like a tournament. It's just not. There's no team. It's a tournament, and you represent your country. So we'll have four or five representatives from the United States playing in it, and it'll be a, a series of tournaments that award points to each player by where they finish in each tournament. And at the end, you know, the player that has the most points after all the tournaments, uh, his, comp- his his country will win the gold, and the second place will win the the, the silver and then the bronze and so on. But I'm excited to see how that works out. Plus Rio. Um, is a place that's really it's in, it's reinventing itself and you know, there's actually some capital kind of flowing in there so I'm actually I'm I'm curious to see how the the entire Olympics goes down there. Are you going to go? Uh no. No. I I Rio is a fun town. That that would involve me getting on an airplane. There's no fucking way that's going to happen. Do you not like to fly, Rick? I I don't fly. I you don't, I dr- period end of discussion. You don't I, fly. The the only time I would probably think about flying is if I ever got on the PGA Tour and had to play in the British Open. <laughs> you are a fucking piece of work, my man. So what about like a uh, John Madden bus? Well, that's it. Uh, that bringing up John Daly again. Uh, they have the John Daly Express. John Daly doesn't fly either. He actually drives to all of his tournaments in a big Winnebago. He has his own uh, camper, his own big fucking, uh, almost like a, a Madden-type van. And Hard to three kilos of coke on the plane. I know, right? I, the only time <laughs> he flies is when he plays in Hawaii. Um, and, uh, yeah, he drives a bus around the United States when he plays in his tournament. And if I ever made it to that uh, that level, uh, I'd probably do the same thing. The first thing I would do is probably uh, buy a... a piece of equipment to transfer myself in where I could actually sleep in it. Um, but that's what a lot You're of these guys... You're under no obligation to your bus question, Rebel. Yeah. What, what, what arc in, in your career are you at? With the uh, club? As in, like, playing career? Yeah. Um, how I play in the the local, like, section, PGA section events here. Um, and I play in a lot of, uh, like, the Massachusetts, New York State, the Connecticut Opens uh, that are open to anyone who qualifies. Um, I have played in PGA qualifiers before. Um, I have played uh, in national championships before. I've played in the, the national assistant championship before down in Florida uh, where the, the top 100 assistant golf professionals play. Um, I've played in a lot of national tournaments. I've never played oh. a PGA tournament, but that's I I will one day I will qualify for a PGA tournament. 
Right on. So you're you're still on the upward arc. And in arc. that time, I shall be your caddy. All right, bud. Uh, can you can you carry the bag? I mean, I my bag's ninety pounds. You got to carry that well, around good. for for five hours. Uh, in in you know, it's over twelve thousand yards. Uh, in that time, All right. can you handle that? Fuck yeah! I, 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 if I, I could think, actually I grab I, a jackhammer that's still ninety pounds, put it out for like uh, I don't know, uh, maybe about a few hours of walking with it, I think I could do that. Yeah, I like think I, Dalek is more roughneck than we we than we than we know. He's got to be roughneck. Uh, why is he carrying a jackhammer for two hours? That's what I want to know. Precisely. <laughs> why, why is he carrying? Well, I had to. I had to walk with it. Well, in like one of the times when and I went up. And he's not referring to his penis. I don't think. I think he's actually referring to a jackhammer. <laughs> I know, right? I, I'm actually referring to a 90-pound jackhammer that I had to carry because um, what happened was that there was no power within uh, the house that I was working on with me and my dad. And um, I had to basically go all the way down for a few blocks and then just start walking with him. Then I had to grab an extension cord, and then I had to actually grab like three or four extension cords just to get up there and uh, uh, put it in there. It was kind of ridiculous. I I hope you don't mind. Dallas comes from like a strong working family. And... uh, he doesn't get. He's not exempt from um, the expectation of being able to hold your own, uh, and I've learned that about about Dalek, uh, and it explains a lot. It's that that does explain a lot. It's um, it explains you know using a jackhammer for long periods of time explains uh, why he has trouble talking sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we 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 love you, Dalek. We love you. I know, but, I know. It's okay. I'll tell you what. If if I do uh, play in a PGA Tour event, uh, I will call you, and if you're available, I'll let you. I'll let you caddy for me. Um, but you know, you got to know your stuff because uh, people. After I got docked, if they did their homework and looked up, um, I've got eighteen. I've got eighteen professional victories under my belt. So you got to know what you're doing. Dude, you have to give like serious advice, Dalek. You need to think this over. Like you have to be like, uh, okay, Reb, I think you need to go with the five. And what I think you're gonna want to do is, I mean, you've seen Caddyshack, right? Shit's no joke, yeah. man. That's serious business. Oh, I yeah, would get anxious. Definitely. I would get anxious. I would get anxious uh, that I was giving Reb the wrong advice. Well, that's the thing is, um, I wouldn't. If I had someone on who wasn't uh, in tune with caddies and what they do, um, your job, Dalek, would be to carry my clubs and keep your mouth shut. Um, let me well, let me do my thing. You know, and... I did have like five years as being a caddy, right? Are you really? serious, dude? You are fucking a trip, man. Are you being serious? Um, yes. I've done it around the summers. Um. You know, I've been with people who have been uh, around the golfing place, so I've done it before. Nice. Well, you're already maybe, qualified. You may need to reconsider his CV, Rep. I know. I, I Well, you know, uh, caddies get 10% of whatever the professional wins. So, uh, you know, let's, let's take Tiger Woods' caddy, for example. He's a millionaire over and over again by now, but... Um, and he definitely hit that blonde wife of uh, Tiger's after she found out he was sleeping around. 
Oh yeah. You know, she was sleeping with anything she could find. Those are those are fringe benefits. Uh, you do drugs, Danny? Everyday judge. Good. Oh, that Good. seems to be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the world needs dick stickers, Danny. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, guys, I'm going to drop. It's time for me to hit, uh, hit the bed. Yo, Glenn, it was so good to hear from you, man. And uh, I I think things will, will, will get a little quicker every day. Well, I three, move, so. three moves will be coming will become two and three quarters, and then two and three quarters will become two and a half, and so on and so forth. Well, I hope so. Thanks, guys. Uh, good show, and uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Yes, and in a moment of serious, don't you hesitate to uh, reach out if you need anything. Well, Bye, there guys. is. Yeah, see you guys. Yeah, there is a GoFundMe that went up tonight. So Cool. All Excellent. right. See you guys later. Be good, Glenn. Yeah, you too, man. Much love, brother. Good night. Good quality guy right there. Yeah, seriously, yep. a better a better dude you 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 will not find on on these here tubes. Awkward silence. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. <laughs> um, con- contemplating Glenn, a moment a moment a moment of silence for Glenn. Yeah. And then we and then we move on. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he is a, he is a solid dude. That accident was gnarly, man. Oh, you, you should know? have heard him. You should have heard him. At, I talked to him two days after his accident. Um, no, I talked to him one day after his accident, and he sounded nothing like what he just sounded like. Um, he sounded fucking terrible. Uh, he could barely talk. I felt bad having him on the phone, but I wanted to see how he was doing. Um, he sounded terrible. And then the next time I talked to him on the phone, he sounded a little better, and he sounded pretty much back to normal when he called into the show on Saturday. And uh, he, he sounds like he's back to his normal self. And hopefully he gets his show going again. I know we said April, so, you know, another three weeks or so. Hopefully he uh, heals up to the point where he gets the motivation to fire his show back up. And uh, I, know. Think he will. I think he will. You know, I tell you, I, I you know, pre-Glenn I have found nothing, nothing, nothing more droll and boring than Canadian politics. And for some reason... I tune in, you know, every Wednesday. He has good guests, um, great questions. He does uh, he does his homework, um, and uh, I, it, it sounds like he enjoys doing the show. And um, you know, I he, I think he's getting a little cold following up there in uh, in Canada, and uh, I think I think he'll he'll do great. Well, I mean, let's put. Oh, go on. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, you know, he got in a he got in an accident. Maybe he's getting too much attention up there. Seriously, I really would, would like to know where Harper was. I mean, he, he, his last like three casts were pretty heavy hitting. Uh, you, you know, I mean, it was it, it was great radio. I'm telling you, he ran a, ba- a background check on me. He was like, "Oh shit, I cannot be associated with that man." <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, but as we all know, always a member of the fam. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's part of the group, whether he likes it or not. Um, you know, he left the group, but he's still in the group. He just doesn't know it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's the unofficial <laughs> member of the group. Yeah, or the most official. Yeah, true. He's one of the originals, that's for sure. And, so, um, you know, after I go, after I retire in May and Puppy takes over, I know you guys are going to do uh, just fine. I'll still be here in the background helping you guys out when you need it. And uh, I think Glenn will, will be a good asset to you guys as well because he'll, he'll help promote and uh, get your your. Uh, shows and links and everything out as well. So you know he's he's not officially on the website, but uh, he's he's an honorary for sure. Yeah, indeed. And uh, yeah, and you know I I tell you as uh, you know most of you guys know, like uh, dealing with some parent stuff and uh, um, you know and then and then hearing about Glenn. Um, and then yet, and then yet, having uh, you know, it's this paradox about the internet that I think people my age may um, uh, may trifle and think too much about. Um, but uh, you know, this shit is real, man. It can be. Uh, it gets it gets pretty serious, especially when you uh, you know when. Now I always tell people, I go, if, if the internet starts affecting your real life, or your real life starts affecting your internet. It's the time to walk away. And, um, you know, they had a great debate that I sat in my car at the grocery store listening to uh, on CNN um, because Kurt Schilling's daughter, I'm not sure if you guys heard about this, but uh, there was some trolls and some people that were harassing Kurt Schilling's daughter on Twitter. And they said some pretty bad things, death threats, stuff like that. And um, they actually, um, one of them was working uh, as an intern at the New York Yankees. And Kurt Schilling pretty much hired an investigator, found out who all the people were that were tweeting. So he doxed them all. He had an investigator dox them all. And uh, he had everyone fired from their jobs, including the guy that was working for the Yankees. Um, Did he hire Matt Cash? Yeah, right. who knows? He could have. Um, Should have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, people, people behind a username and an avatar online, um, who thought it would be funny to troll, and didn't think anyone knew who they were. Well, you know, now they don't have a job. Um, so, you know, it's it brought up a good conversation when they started saying on CNN. You know, when does when does uh, harassing people on the internet turn criminal, and they pretty much said it is criminal, um, and should be dealt with on a federal level. But if it, you know, if they got every single case, they would have nothing but, you know, thousands and thousands of cases every single day. Um, what classifies as harassment and everything else, but um, they said it's something that has been ignored for a long time. Is people that troll and harass on social media, uh, and now they're starting to shed more light on it after this whole Kurt Schilling case. You can Google it and read more about it. Um, so it, you know, the, they're taking steps overseas. You know, trolling and cyberbullying is, you know, you could be arrested for it now. So how, how, how do you feel about it as being one of the better trolls that, that I've had the pleasure of knowing? Like I, I and and okay, let me preempt this a little bit. If you'll remember, a couple of years ago, I sent you like a an essay I wrote about you guys that kind of tried to articulate my 
thoughts about Russell Lee uh, and why they were important to the internet and um, and why uh, the nuance with which um, you guys deployed to troll um, was completely different from this type of trolling that Kurt Schilling daughter endured, uh, which, quite frankly, I find important. And it was, you know, Russell League did it for, you know, to make people laugh. And, um, you know, there's there's people out there that say that they're trolls, and they're not trolls, they're just fucking morons. Um, just nasty, hateful people. Yeah, just people that do it for attention and do it for their own laughs, which... Trolling, in general, you know, you want to try to do it for your own laughs, but Russell League did it for everyone's amusement. Um, and, you know, I, I see myself as a different kind of troll than a lot of the people that call themselves trolls today, you know, who, you know, they might create sock accounts and harass people in real life and, you know, death threats and all this other stuff. Um, that's not trolling. That's just... that's borderline, you know, <laughs> sociopathical. Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly what that is. That's, you know, that's trolling, big. yeah, trolling is having some lighthearted fun, um, getting a few jimmies rustled, um, you know, getting people to uh, maybe get out of their comfort zone and get upset over something, but it never got into real life. Um, it never got so serious like it does nowadays and I hate it when people, you know, they'll they'll act like an asshole online and be like, "Oh, J J K, just tro- just trolling." I'm like, "No, you weren't trolling. You're acting like a fucking idiot." You know, you yeah. don't know what real yeah. trolling is. You wouldn't know what real trolling was if it stepped up and hit you in the fucking head. Um, you know, it's it's trolling itself. The meaning of it and what people perceive it as has changed in the last three years. Um, Nobody really trolls anymore. You know, I, I, I lightheartedly troll every once in a while, but um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really find it fun anymore because you know you try to mess around and troll with somebody and they take it so serious and they think they're trolling back and then they start you know going over the line. So it's yeah, not I mean, even they're... fun to do it. There and I, you know, I've 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 made this comparison before, but there there is definitely a certain nuance, um, like in subtly requ- required for uh, good trolling. Um, you know, it's uh, it is it's akin to like the early days of stand-up comedians um, and Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor, fucking um, George Carlin. Um, you know, like what those guys were saying when they said it was blasphemy. Like, you know, unheard of, right? Um, and uh, and yet now, like, the brilliance of it is, um, like, you can't deny it. You know, you, you, even if, if, if you, you detested it back then, the brilliance, the, the, the prescient sort of, like, uh, foreknowledge of, of how culture was going to develop. Like, it's undeniable. Um, trolling used to be an art form. It's it's now been so simplified and so dumbed down that it's not trolling anymore. You know, I remember when, 
you know, Weave and the Bill Wagner crew, you know, even some of the early Russell League stuff was just genius trolls. Genius trolls. And, you know, it was thought out, it was methodical, it was, you know, perfected. And now everyone fancies themselves a troll, so they create a fucking Twitter account and they start harassing people and dropping doxes and everything else and they think they're trolling. They're not trolling. They're being fucking morons. Uh, well, I think that's maybe why uh, uh, Nuts or Nuts or whatever his name was uh, got visited by the police. Yeah. he. I mean, he's, he's a good troll. He He does what trolling entails, which is pissing people off, pushing people's buttons. He took it a step too far, um, and I've I've tweeted some stuff out that I wish I hadn't tweeted, you know, at least back in the day. I don't do it really anymore, um, but he stepped over the line with, you know, raping children and all this other stuff. That, that That's, to me, I, I wouldn't tweet that shit out of my own account um, because I think it's distasteful. Uh, it's not trolling. It's it's borderline insane. Um so, but to each his own. Every person's different. Uh, whether you're looking for attention, or you're looking for acceptance, or you're looking for a laugh, or whatever you're looking for, to each his own. But you know, when I when I look at the landscape, and I've had this talk with Nakash on on Jabber, and I've talked to Meeps about it, and some of the best trolls out there, and everyone agrees. Yeah. You know, it's it's not what it used to be. It's it's not methodical. It's not thought out anymore. It's not. It's not funny. Um, it's turned into really Facebook. I think Twitter's turned, turned into. Hey, fuck you, faggot! I just trolled you. Yeah, um, and it's, it's not fun anymore. And I'm not going to miss it. Um, I'm going to miss some of the people when I leave in May, but I'm not going to miss the bullshit. And I'm not going to miss wanting yeah. to check my Twitter account on my phone every fucking ten minutes to see what's going on in my timeline. Um, you know, it's. It's just are not. You, the are same. you ever like on the links, like waiting to shoot, and you're like, "Holy fuck, man! The shit is going down on Twitter. I got, I got, I got to address this before I address this ball." Well, I'll get. No, I, I when I'm playing in events, I'm actually not allowed to use my phone. But when I'm out just playing, you know, I'll get, a, I'll get a text from from Beccalina saying, you know, you know, shit's going down at so and so, and I, I'll put up Twitter and on my phone and check it out between shots. But um I will very rarely tweet from the golf course. It's it's a it's a time for me to actually turn my phone off and put it in my golf bag and uh enjoy the weather and play some golf. So uh, right. I try I to check my Twitter it. between shots too. Different kinds of shots, but shots <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking the uh, the old twatter. I, I have I have not tried to get into the chat room, so I'm I'm chat free just because I'm not sure if that little server thing I set up was fucking stuff up. So I just turned it off. But uh, so I, I, man, I will I will tell you this um, because we're going off the air in a couple minutes. But I will tell you this: um, one of the best trolls that I've ever met in my entire life is Viz. Um, Viz Show, um, whatever you want to call him, uh, Viz, um, is probably one of the best, smartest trolls I've ever met. 
Uh, and he's trolling all of you right now because he's been, you know, and some people don't know this. Actually, actually, pretty much no one knows this except for a handful of people. Um, Viz is actually on Twitter right now, and he interacts with pretty much all of you guys during a daily basis. You just don't know it's him. Dude, um, he's one of the smartest I know, cats I've on here. Yeah, I know what account he's on, um, but no one else knows what account he's on. And if they knew he was on that account, they'd shit them. They'd fucking shit their pants. He's Nigga about, went to school too, got his degrees and all that. He's a smart man. He's one of the best trolls. Um, one of the best trolls that you're ever going to come across, and he's a very good guy to know. Here's a here's a picture somewhere, and I had no idea it was him, of him and I pretty much right next to each other in Chicago. Really? And you can, yeah, and you can find it uh, with a Google. Uh, all I can say is I have an orange Nike hat on, and Viz is a big motherfucker. Yeah, this is a this is a big dude. <laughs> you know, no I no idea for a, you know, a year and a half. Even when he was pulling out of Chicago and we were all listening and fucking they were pulling him over and all that. It's crazy, man, this internet stuff, man, for an old man like me. Yeah. It's wild, it's wild shit. But before we get off the line, uh if you guys want to let's uh, let's do a little bit of overtime and then get off. But uh, you guys want to call in six four six nine two nine one four eight zero, and the Skype is BTR listener zero twenty eight. That's BTR zero BTR listener zero twenty eight. <laughs> Damn speech impediment. I heard it. I know. <laughs> I heard it just fine. So. Um, so we only have a couple minutes left. I want to see if I can. Can I? So I've been I've been working on the on a little website for uh, Third Rail Radio um, that will link pretty much everywhere you click will link to Revolution Radio um, uh, with the dreams that that maybe we could uh, at some point monetize and uh, create some sort of um, fund. Um, you know, for uh, for for causes um, or people that we uh, thought were in the, in need of uh, some assistance, um, and uh, it's weird. I've been designing. Web, uh, I'm on my seventh contract website, and when I have a wireframe, it's easy. When I do my own, I have 346 revisions on my homepage, like. I mean, obsessive compulsive much? It's mm-hmm. crazy, but um, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, I just want to tinker, man. Give me an engine, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dalek, I'm going to send it to you. Uh, Red took a quick gander at it, and I'm going to send it to Shadow too, um, because I need, you know, I'm spatially, I'm, I'm essentially spatially retarded, um, shapes and such. Uh, right there, I sent it to you, Dalek. But it's fun. It's yeah. a fun. It, it'll be a fun website, and uh, okay. everything will click, click through the Revolution Radio, and um, um, basically we can just bounce off uh, one another, and uh, you know maybe create a little fund. Um, yeah, definitely. 
it's easy as shit to monetize websites these days, um, even without having vulgar uh, ads. Um, you know, so anyway, so I just sent that to you if uh, if, it, if it should come through. Um, yeah, I've got it. Cool. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So far, so well. <laughs> it's pretty fun, huh? Confronting Clarity 2020. I don't mind it. So far, so well. Uh, yeah, Confronting Clarity 2020, that's uh, the name of, like, my uh, development SEO company, and it's... and Officially, for tax reasons, as as Rebel will understand, and and your father, and perhaps you, uh, I'd rather that pay for it than me pay for it. Yeah. I, I blame I blame the Jews. Well, that's what I was trying to do all night. You know, I I I seem to lose my momentum. I think I'd like you guys just put me in too much of a good mood, and then I lose all my all my venom. But well, so uh, it's it's fine. It's uh, it, you know what? Sometimes uh, I lose it too. You know, I was kind of thinking this is I don't really, yeah. I mean, I I could rail against fucking Netanyahu, dude. That, I, well, I think I've said it enough. But a mockery, a, mo- a mockery John Boehner did make of our already very precarious government. Yeah, to let to let a you know a, a foreign uh, leader come in. I mean, there's there there are certain there are certain principles and and uh, uh, rules um, that even somebody as as um, ineffectionate about rules uh, finds necessary, and you you cannot have. Leaders of one country invite leaders of another country to come and speak. Um, the Speaker of the House does not invite the President of another country or the Prime Minister of another country to come and speak. Um, that was an unfortunate, opaque, fucking angry white man gesture by John Boehner. You know, this is such a wonderful website. I do like it. It's very, it's wonderful. It's I pretty like wild. It right it's pretty wild I right love now. It's got, it's got a lot of, uh, it, it's got a lot of uh, animation and stuff. But that's just, you know, I'm fucking around with the sliders and all that. It's fun stuff, man. I love it. You know, it, 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 it is. I mean, do you remember? It I is. love that. Are we are we on overtime? Yes, we are. All right, cool. One of our first shows, I did like this. Uh, I was in Florida, fucking wiling out, and I did this thing, this funny thing with the set of um, Seinfeld and Derek and Sabu uh, and Kramer, and it was the Seinfeld episode where Kramer gets the uh, Johnny Carson. Um, uh, set and sets it up in his apartment. Rebel, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Um, I have a general idea. I don't. I didn't watch a lot of Seinfeld, um, but I, I know. I, I'm just a little guy. You are. You're just a young buck. You're just a young fucking wise buck. 
that that is such, that's such a good show. First of all, and Dalek, I know you're like a, a fan of good television. I would recommend fucking throwing that one on the old TBS. You know how much I, money I do Jerry like... is still making off of every one of those episodes, dude. He fucking yeah. worked his contract like a pro. I mean, he's he's actually a really good comedian, and I and I really like how uh, he he really does do the show. I mean, it, it's usually all about how a comedian gets his material. It's very wonderful, and how he brings it out as a, a writing. It's very wonderful. Uh, aside from other people saying that the the narrative is uh, it's a show about nothing, no, it is about something, and it has a beginning, middle, and end. I've I've read some fairly intellectual treaties that have made the argument that Seinfeld has that actually shaped my generation, which generically would be Generation X, um, you know, and and sort of did more to uh, like push our sense of entitlement, um, and I don't mean that in a good way. Uh, more than it would have been without. I mean, it 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 was a cultural phenomenon when it was on. Like, I, you know, with with so many different outlets these days, YouTube, cable, Netflix, etc. You know, I don't I don't think that the possibility uh, for for attention um, to be designated to one show um, like it was with Seinfeld. I don't think like the environment. I don't think that's really possible. But it was like Thursday night, man. Everybody was watching Seinfeld. You know what I mean? Everybody. Oh, yeah. I actually, um, uh, someone, I think it was a Nani cast, I think, um, we were talking about my show, and uh, I told him, I go, you know, he goes, your show's not terrible. He goes, I, I enjoy your show. He goes, but obviously it's not for everybody. Um, I told him, I go, my show is like the Seinfeld of internet radio. It's a show about nothing, but it, it has a cult following and people enjoy it. Dude, it, it's cheers. Yeah. It's cheers. I mean, it's cheers. And then you have your uh, Biela Coleman episodes. I mean, you have your hard-hitting episodes, um, you know, without question. Um, you know, but... Amen. We don't. We don't always need hard hitting. Uh, you know, sometimes we just need to fucking hang out and vent. Those are my uh, favorite shows. My favorite shows are when I just do call in shows to talk about whatever anyone wants to talk about, and it always turns into, you know, almost like a tiny chat session. But it's it's fun. I enjoy doing that stuff. Um, you know, I I enjoy bringing like Biela Coleman and Bullyville and Delcam and you know. Kim Rhodes and whoever else on the show to do like some serious shows, but my Speaking favorite, my favorite are the right. shows where we just I go in and I'm like I got a list of topics I want to talk to people about and I I never have to worry about you know callers I I'm, I know I'm going to get the same three or four every time and then three or four more new ones are always going to call in so I know I'm never short on callers and you know I always dreaded. When on, on Russell League Radio doing a two-hour show because I was thinking to myself, am I going to make it two hours, you know, in this fuckery? And um, now I see myself uh, more and more blowing through the two hours and 
sometimes going into overtime not even thinking about it because um, everything flows together so well. And I guess that just comes with time, uh, you know, when you get the niche down for your radio show, how you want to do it, how you want to run it, uh, stuff like that. But, um, you know, I've enjoyed doing my show. Um, I didn't do it to get famous. I didn't do it to get follows. Um, I was actually coaxed into it for the Russell League um, when I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do it. And uh, I did Revolution Radio because I wanted to give people an alternative to listen to. Um, So, you know, the the day people stop listening to the show is the day I'll stop doing it. uh, And they better stop listening soon because I'm leaving in May. But... um, you know, I puppy will get I the better, same. I, when you leave in May, I better see your ranking. Like you better, you better move up like ten paces. I'm gonna I, be mad at you. You know what? Uh, you I'll better. Be ha- you say you I'll hit 800 balls when you retire from Russell Lee or from the radio. You better be hitting 1,200 balls a day, okay? Well, I well it, the radio doesn't take up that much time. Uh, <laughs> I, I know some, you make it for seem some people. Seem- it, like Glenn, Glenn works you know, hours on his stuff. Um, you know, I can put a good show together in about 45 minutes if I really, really wanted to. Um, so, you know, it's it's just about having fun with it, and I'm, I'm sure Puppy will, will take it and, uh, you know, have fun with it as well, and he'll have just as much support as I did, and, you know, I could never thank people enough for supporting and, and liking the show uh, for the last two years I've been on the radio. Um, you know, and I'll I'll get all through that mushy stuff when we do the last episode. But um yeah, it's uh I'm gonna I'm gonna weep openly. I might I'm cry. Gonna make, I mean, I'm gonna make are, you embarrassed. I'll people, weep openly. People are gonna people are gonna laugh at me because I might cry. Um because, you know, this side of Twitter and this community has been so much a part of my life. Um, you know, I, I have a very stressful life and my favorite thing to do, um, you know, maybe not so much recently, but, um, my favorite thing to do was to come on and, uh, you know, go online and and escape my real life. And almost like you're playing the Sims, you know, it's it's a whole new group of people and they're real people behind accounts and talking to them, making friends and joking and trolling and everything else. And it was, it killed time. It, you know, it gave me a few laughs, and it it relieved the stress of of real life. And um, I, you know, I think I recognize that in you and and Dalek, and I hope you guys and me are like like early, like you know, fuck man, life is like the real life is hard enough, man. You know, to come on here and and be angry and 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 you both know sometimes I take myself way too seriously, but. Uh, you know, Robert, you really have uh, like made my time on Twitter way more enjoyable. And at this particular point in my life, you know, um, it's been a, it's it's been an extremely important asset. Well, I I appreciate that, and you know, hopefully, I uh, hopefully I um, inspired some people to to start their own radio shows and. Why well, I think you have like ten of us. Well, that's and that's what it should be. Um, yeah. You know, I. That's that's what it should be. Uh, when I came on the scene, it was 
Ghost and Vince in the Bay, and that's all you got. Um, and we always got to throw love to Vince, man. Like, those he's, shows. Were, he's the original, man. He's the OG. Yeah, like, I mean, and he, and when you, when, when RL started, like, coming up, like, you could, you know, it's like a different, you know, a different timber in like Vince's shows. And that motherfucker is as cool as the underside of my pillow. You know, he really is. Like, like he'll mute somebody. Uh, he he handles himself well on the radio. He's fun to, he's fun to troll. He's fun to listen to. Um, I'm hoping he returns sometime soon. I I told him that I'd love to be able to to do a show with him. Uh, before I leave, I want to try to get him on to uh, co-host an entire show with me before I leave. Um, yeah, he was. I mean, he's the reason I got in the radio in the first place. Uh, he taught me a lot. I've I've told this story before, but he's taught me he taught me a lot when I got into doing Russell League Radio, um, and he taught me the ropes of BTR and how to deal with their shitty platform. And um, you know, I I I definitely uh, owe him for for jump-starting me and what I wanted to do with, you know, everyone else that had started a radio show. Um, I wanted to be that Vince in the Bay. I wanted to be the guy to step aside and, or step inside and go, okay, this is the ropes. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. This is how you do your, you know, this is the best way to do your switchboard and your soundboard. And, you know, this is what we're going to do to promote your show. And, you know, it's, uh, you know. That's awesome. I mean, this shit was all so new to me, you know. Like, I sold my my restaurant. I was like, I'm not going back into the kitchen. And I would listen to Vince in the Bay and uh, No Pro. Mm-hmm. And um, fucking, I just I I just loved it. I, I really yeah. loved. It. Um, I liked Op No Pro, you know, um, like. I, I don't. I'm not saying I like him as a person. I don't know him as, but I, you know, I liked uh, the insight he offered, like into the scene, which I had no idea about. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, and then Vince's show would go to absolute fucking bedlam, and Vince would be like off taking bong hits. <laughs> I mean, it was just excellent. Like, no fun. The way it should you have know, been. The way it is now. Op no the freaking original. Op no like he owns like a gaming company, right? Or a gaming review company? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the background he, on him. <laughs> he was like the original protester that like got the NSA in trouble in like the seventies. Yeah, yeah, he was like a freaker. It's yeah, so funny, yeah. man. You know, like when I was, was when I was growing up, like we we would hear of like Captain Crunch uh, and phone freaking. Like I remember, I mean, picking up you know like rotary phones and like making noises in them. Like those dudes were off the chain, dude. When you're fucking hacking shit with noises, that's that is epic. Yeah, I will never lose respect for that man. I. I miss talking to him. People will. Yeah. Uh, people are learning how to do that with fiber optics now. Another fascinating fucking piece of technology that clearly the aliens gave us: fiber optics. Yeah. 
Well, guys, I got to go to bed. Uh, I have a very, very uh, important thing to do tomorrow. I'm actually, uh, I'll be driving a couple hours south and uh, getting myself uh, professionally fitted for my golf clubs this year uh, at the uh, uh, yeah. at the Titleist Fitting Center. So uh, I will. I'm looking forward to that. It's eleven o'clock Dude, tomorrow morning. Cool so. Shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like getting fitted for like a fucking an Italian suit. Well, when Where you do have, they measure? Uh, they measure everything. They measure. Uh, they do standard measurements. You know, wrist to floor, uh, your wingspan um, to get a general idea, and then you actually. Uh, they have a hitting bay there that has a simulator. I'm not sure if you've ever seen a golf simulator, but uh, it's on a screen. Um, you can actually play around the golf on the simulator if you wanted to by hitting into a screen, but uh, they have what's called a launch monitor, and you use the launch monitor, and it gives you your club head speed, your swing speed, your smash factor, your spin rate. Um, it gives you every single readout, and you go through a variety of golf clubs with uh, different shafts in them, different heads, you know, different thicknesses, different uh, flexes, and they will actually fit you to your exact flex, what shaft you need in your clubs, the best head that fits in the clubs, um, and they'll actually fit you down to the club uh, with the exact specifications that will make you hit the golf ball the best you can. Damn, that is amazing. (laughs) All the shafts and heads and (laughs) um it's it's crazy it's um you know a lot of people is that jake chuckling back there vert vert oh my my nigga vert vert vert's getting the laugh out of the the golf slash sex references um (laughs) i got so much love for vert like all you gotta do vert's put it in the hole I know, exactly. There's so many references there. The Dublon and Tonges are endless. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. well, well, have, have a, a good night. Well, Rebel, yeah, that show was awesome. And thanks for calling here, and thanks for everything you do. You got it. No problem. It was a pleasure, and I'm uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in. And, uh, you know, great show to uh, Dalek and Anti-Crisis. Thanks for having me on, and... Uh, just like uh, his sex life, uh, Bert, as John Daly would say, just grip it and rip it, brother. <laughs> just grip yeah, it and yeah. rip it, baby. In touch. <laughs> Dude, that might be my new moniker. Just grip it and rip it. All right, guys, have a good Bert, night. Yo, I love you guys. Take it easy, man. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Yo, be uh, be calm at your measurements tomorrow. Don't get excited when he gets near the penis. <laughs> Bert, I'll love you, brother. Measure that too. Oh yeah, you guys have a great night, great show. Yeah, you too, my brother. D, thanks, right. man. Dalek, you're the best, man. I'll, yeah. ta- I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Bye. All right. See you. And that was yeah, a wonderful. Show. And tell me what we need on that website. Um, I'm looking at the website. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, definitely put that out and uh, I'll reply to it. But what I really want to say, maybe off yeah, the record. Yeah, don't put it out. Maybe on yeah, the record. I have a bunch of uh, HTML5 buttons I designed that I'm going to put in there. Um, I just, I just got. Uh, I was going to wait until it was done to show you, but I got overexcited and showed you. 
we'll, uh, maybe later on we can definitely uh, try to figure that out. But yeah, we'll, we'll, really we'll, we'll, we'll tweak it. Glenn, one thing I really want to say about Glenn, if you actually look up his full name, you can see a lot of stuff. And uh, I I don't know if it's actually Glenn Glenn but, uh, or anybody else that is actually with the, the same name. But, you know, this guy... He has been such an influential person. I think he was also on uh, the Toronto Sun. I think that might be a different one, but if it was the, if it was our one, that would, that's completely amazing. And it does go to show that you know one person can change the world. Uh, hold on, hold on. Your picture dragging a little. Slow down. I want to hear this. So Glenn, yeah. If you search up Glenn's uh, name on Google, you can. See See a lot of stuff, and uh, it it goes to show that uh, that one person can change the world. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you notice Glenn always like stays true to Glenn. Like you know, people give him shit. He rubs some people the wrong way, but he he stays Glenn. Yep, and it's amazingly insane. It's awesome. You know, that accent is not going to be easy for him to get over. We've got to make sure that he gets over it. Because there's going to be the physical shit, which is actually easier than the mental stuff. You know, when stuff starts taking longer than it used to, that's frustrating. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hope uh, that he is uh, definitely going to be around, probably even earlier around April and... uh, you know what? We'll we'll just have to go and see. And I'm gonna I'm gonna cry my eyes out after one rubble leaves. It's it's gonna suck. Dude, fucking okay. Alec, I love you. You're the best. Re- rebel will never be gone, gone. I you know, know. He, <laughs> he'll always be around. The Revolution Radio Show won't be the same. And uh, I know that uh, Puppy is a pretty good host uh, for what it is, but it's not going to be the same. I'm just really sad, and hopefully he does milk it out of the ballpark. But, um, I'm, dude, Rep, I'm always Rep, is a, Rep is a one in 100,000 type dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I mean, bless him for taking the time to fucking help us all out and and uh, and, and sharing the humor and the fun you know, put up with me being too serious and <laughs> all of it, you know, put up with Joe fucking Prince. Like, dude, I want to fucking kill that guy. You know, like, Rebel fucking talked me down like a boss, man. Like, smart, like smart yeah. talk, you know? Um, yeah, and I feel so, it's so fucking ridiculous that Joe Prince, like, mm. I just, I, I, that, that thing, that just confuses me. It doesn't compute. It doesn't compute with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't compute with me when somebody so obviously did something for somebody else uh, with nothing but like um, uh, good intentions and affection and you know, I, I still like, I don't, I don't know, like, what the fuck. I mean, Joe's either a snitch or he thought he was being funny. I have no idea, man. You, I mean, you saw me go up one night. I was drunk. I went off on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, the next morning I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't, I can't get fucking crazy like that on Twitter. But, I mean, I, I was, I'm, I'm, I just get confused by that kind of behavior. It just doesn't confuse, you know, people hang out, right? They become friends. They share things, right? Um, yeah. Camaraderie builds, like. To just like flip that over is weird to me. It's just like I said, man. It doesn't. Compute. It's uh, it's really interesting. You know. What's that? I said it's really interesting. You know, it's it's something weird. Yeah, it's something weird. You know, and like I, I, I mean, I knew Joe before. Before he knew Rebel, I knew Joe from Broken Sidewalk Farm, and uh, you know from way way back. I mean, and um, he was he was always seemed cool back then. Like I don't, I mean, you know, he's an alcoholic. Um, I'm still always I'm still pretty convinced that he started drinking again, and yeah. If you're a real alcoholic um, and you're trying to be sober and you fail, you 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 lash out at people, you know, um, w- without any logic. Um, you just lash, um, and I'm not. A, I don't know if that's what happened or not, but I mean, it's the only thing that I can put in my head that 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 rationalizes um, what happened, you know. Because, yeah. I mean, Dalek, as far as I'm concerned, there was like a radio group, right? We were all having fun, all having a good time, and then all of a sudden, one of the people in the group went nutty. Yeah. And, I mean, I had no I I really had no idea who Rebel was. Um, yeah. You know, I, I knew that he... You know, I knew what he allowed people to know. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, fuck, like, and it's not like that. Like, Joe wrote letters to, like, the PGA and shit. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Fucking with a man's livelihood? That's crazy, man. He, like, <laughs> You know, I mean, you want to jest on Twitter and so on and so forth. That's terrific. You start taking the time to pen write a letter to somebody's boss. You got issues. Oh yeah. Um, on uh, May thirty, May thirty first, Caesar and I are leaving uh, Boston to drive to LA. We're definitely coming to see you, hundred percent. Okay. Uh, we're gonna. We're actually. We're gonna start up. He's moving out there with his girl, so I'm gonna drive out there with him, and then uh, okay. rent a car and, and and rent a car and drive back. Um, I'll probably take more time driving back. Um, yeah, than going out there, but it's gonna be a hoot. But we're definitely stopping in Colorado. <laughs> well, that'll it'll be actually pretty awesome. Then. I mean, come up here, come to you and Grand Junction, and then. Uh, you and I can hit each other up. Hell yeah, brother! You're my man, homie. You're a good shit. Yeah. So what the fuck? So what? So what happened with Dell Cam? I mean, I'm there. I, I I haven't liked Dell Cam since the 
uh, seems like the yeah, all that yeah stuff, he just seems a little slimy to me. So, but I mean, he does run a business, right? I, any, I, any, no. any, fabulous? Is that what happened? I don't know. To be completely and utterly honest, I'm not really associated with Delcam. Um, I never really cared for him, really. Yeah, no, me neither. He actually reminds me of Pierre Amidar. Yeah. I had, a, I had a lovely rant on Glenn Greenwald today. Oh, just, I, I was really quite proud of it. Yes, I, it was very wonderful. You know, Glenn Greenwald, you know, uh, as a journalist, he has no implications. Dude, he's a you know, desperate gay that. house. Uh, he's a desperate gay house husband of journalism. That's what he is. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. I mean, quote me on it. That's exactly what he is, man. I mean, okay. Yeah. So Snowden, regardless of what you think of him, right? Like, if he's a mole, whatever, that's irrelevant, right? He he essentially risked his life, his including life and, in, yeah, and, including a a. a pretty hot wife, like his mom, his dad, everything. And now everything that he split with is worthless, man. What do you think that shit was about? Ukraine, all of it, almost all of it. It was all about yeah. Gazprom, Ukraine, pipelines. That You know, that's it. What else could it be about? Whoa. Intelligence doesn't work that far ahead. And I will vindicate, Glenn, if it's UFOs. I will publicly vindicate Glenn. I will say, Glenn, you know what? My apologies. You're a heck of a guy because I had no idea that aliens exist. But guess what? It's not. Everything that fucking Snowden risked life and limb for is irrelevant, completely irrelevant now, man. It's like lettuce, you know, sitting on the shelf rotting. Two weeks, that's the life of intelligence. That's the life of operable intelligence. Two weeks, the Enigma Code. Two weeks. That's it. How how long has it been? How long has it been? So this stuff will be on the internet. It will be declassified on the internet. Glenn Greenwald will either still be stuck in Russia or dead. Because I can't yeah. imagine Putin, I can't imagine Putin keeping him alive after he's finished with him. Yeah. I mean Putin Putin does not fuck around. You know what, he, uh, he's riding horses, uh, he'll, he'll kill people, you know? Say that one more time. Yeah, he, uh, he is a very scary man, I'm not going to lie. Putin? Yeah. Putin, Putin is arguably the deadliest KGB agent that the KGB ever had. Oh, yeah. And... And he attained that reputation before he was 30. Yeah. Imagine what he's capable of. Like, you talk about giving zero fucks. He's the richest man in the world. Not on Forbes. He owns Gazprom, 98%, which is the only trillion-dollar company in the world. So if he owns ninety eight percent of a trillion dollars, 
That nigga ain't got nothing to worry about. He can attack whatever <laughs> fuck he wants with impunity. And unless we, unless the United States, you know, goes full blown imperial, and there, nobody can touch him in the Kremlin, you know. Yeah. Like I said about running <laughs> after settlers in the desert, who the fuck wants to go to fucking Russia right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, I I have yeah. peeps over there who say it, it's as bad as it was right before the fall. Like, no bread, no water, you know, waiting in line. Like, same same shit, man. Here we go again, again, again. I yeah, ramble, though. I ramble. But it, it's true. I mean, so regular people in Russia, because of the sanctions that we have imposed, are now waiting in line for five hours. You know, to get a fucking loaf of bread. Where where do you think they place that anger? You think they place that anger on Putin, or you think they place that anger on the West? Probably both. Yeah, both. I mean, I think I think actually the Russian people know Putin is thug, but they're terrified of him. I mean, there is yeah. a collective there is a collective fear of that man. You know, I mean, if you're old enough and you live in Russia and you remember the KGB and he was the best of the best, you're, that's it. You're, your mind is done. Like, you will acquiesce to anything he says because back in those days, they just sent your ass up to Siberia in a heartbeat. Uh, but I, I ramble, I ramble. But I got none love and respect for you, my brother. Yeah, definitely, man. It it, it was a good show, and definitely, uh, you know, it's um, it's amazing how uh, this world is just completely and utterly getting down to the toilet. But you know what? Our show, other people's show that I listen to, Christopher Cantwell, Adam Kokesh, a lot of other people have put myself in that, that I have a little bit more hope for humanity because of uh, Rebel and you, you and Glenn. And just, I think I still have more faith in humanity than I ever really think I do. Seriously, I, it's so cliche, but just never ever forget that it's just a small group of people that affects change. It, it's yeah. rarely a large group. And hey, man, yep. I'm right. I'm right there with you. You know, hope. That word, hope. But, you know, that's hey, that's why I'm here, man. Hope. Hope for a brighter future. Indeed. For us all, my friend. Yep. And uh, one more thing, if uh, if I could ask, um, in a few more months, I was kind of thinking of getting another job. And uh, right at this very moment, um, I don't really have any available uh, references, but um, I was kind of thinking, if you want yeah. to, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can yeah. help me out uh, as a reference. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, for a specific uh, type of job or just ge- a general letter of reference? Uh 
general uh, general uh, general lighter uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm um, with you. I'll write yeah, it. I'll write it tomorrow. Thinking. Just give me. A, will you just give me a reminder tomorrow? Uh, it's not going to happen yet, but I was kind of thinking of going up to like a uh, this place over at like a roller rink. It's like an arcade roller rink, whatever it was. It's pretty fun from what I saw, and uh, I was kind of thinking of getting a job up there. So then, you know, even I can both do my uh, my um, my construction, and then plus I can do the in the middle of the night work uh, over at the gas station. Probably need sure more extra income. Yes, I just remind me tomorrow. I will write. I'll write the letter of reference. You'll have it in your in your little portfolio or whatever it is, and um, then you'll have it. So wherever you go, you know you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, man. I really do appreciate yes, it. Yeah, absolutely. You know thank you, man. See, you're the best, yeah. kiddo. You're a fucking. Yeah. You're you a mom. Yeah. Go on. That's it, man. You're a monster. You're the best. You have no fear. You, you, you're just you're you're an absolutely gorgeous representation of what the future could be. Thank you. You know what? Even though I'm small and weak and tiny, I am a big man at heart, and still sometimes physically, I look very small. You know, I can lift shit for. <laughs> I can I can just be almost like Hercules if I. <laughs> yeah, that Dalek aesthetic means nothing, bro. It's all yeah. about the heart, you know. Like and like, I have never seen, you know, seriously. Like, I I have never just I. What you like? What you, you infiltrated Russell League, man? Like those, they didn't know what to do with you, man. It was the best thing ever. Like you, just spoke your mind and. They're good people, and they just respected that. And uh, it was, I mean, you know, it I, it was gorgeous. It, you know, like you and Shadow and I on the phone that one time, you know, like yeah. I, I, remember, I remember shit like that, you know, and then when, when Shadow's grumpy tonight and shit, like I remember shit like that, man, you know? Like that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's real, real stuff. Yeah. All right, kiddo. I love you, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the head, right. and uh, and then and then have one more beer and and then go to bed. But uh, yeah, good show for sure. And um, I've se- I see you hammering on Adam, and uh, respect. Keep hammering on him. I'll get it on it. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm trying to get the guy. But um, maybe one day, nope, hopefully, I can get him on. His book, you know. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Well, I was just kind of thinking maybe I, I can ask Rebel and some other people, you know, <laughs> if uh, we can get them on, definitely. Uh, I'll try I to think ask him. Chris would probably be the best person to ask to get him on. I think he, I think he and Chris commiserate. Well, yes. Yes, I do. Actually, I forgot about that. Maybe I can ask, uh, ask Chris. Not only that, let's, uh, let's get on Chris first, you know. I know that we've been trying to, but at this very moment, I, hopefully we can do it. Yeah, we'll get him on. It might be 10 years, but we'll get him on. Cantwell, Cantwell, Cantwell is awesome. Yeah. 
I should have brought him up in our little trolling discussion tonight because he's one of the best. Yeah. All right, bud. Good night. All right, my brother. You get some rest. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yep. Fun show. Okay. Thanks. All right, brother. See ya. <laughs>